Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Yes, the ESPN Roundtable, one of our favorite things we do around here. This week, Sam Herter of Hero Sports. It is Tutel and Nuanas. It is 1029 ESPN Radio. It is SWX Montana Television. And we are live at Katie O'Keefe in Missoula, 2900 Stevens Avenue in the Stevens Shopping Center. Great spot down here. Come hang out, have yourself a drink, say hi to us, grab yourself a koozie, and, uh, We'll see how uh, we'll see how we go with the ticket giveaway as well, and uh, if we uh, if we can figure out uh, the winner, if you're going to make it down here, we'll see about that. But in the meantime, let's get to hour number two. If you missed anything in the first hour, you can listen on the podcast. The podcast available at all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Two Tell Nuanas podcast is there thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and we are broadcasting through the Kurtz Polaris Studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula and Highway 83 in Sealy. July is Kurtz Polaris' 30th birthday. 30 years they've been in business, and they're celebrating this month by offering up to 30% off. That's right. 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna and Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Coulter, um, the ESPN Roundtable, we set up Sam and who he is and, and all of that. One final thought about Sam Herter before we hear from, uh, from, from the uh, national FCS reporter from Hero Sports. Well, Sam's a really hard-working guy, and I think he's doing a really good job covering the FCS on a national level. And I find it fascinating to compare and contrast because, to me, you know, th- this is maybe one of my internal bias, a proximity bias, but I've told you this many a time. I, I just really think that if teams from most of the conferences in the FCS played in the big sky, they would all just be middle of the road. I, I just think that 
they don't. I think that the premier teams reside. I really think that if you were to let the top five or six teams in the Big Sky, the top five to seven teams in the Missouri Valley, and the top six to eight teams in the Colonial Athletic Association play in other leagues, they would be top two in almost all those other leagues. Like Sac State, for example. In, in the other is, FCS leagues. In the other FCS yes. leagues. I yes. think that, you know, Sac State, for example, is uber talented. Almost year in and year out, they've had a lot of different things in terms of trying to learn how to win and uh, injuries and lack of identity and all, all sorts of other things. But I always, I've always thought that those teams would be really competitive if they weren't in a league where they have teams that have such distinct advantages over them. And I, was, I wanted to ask Sam that. So that's one of the questions in here is, what is the difference between the haves and the have-nots in the FCS? And how do you think that you know, the power conferences stack up against some of the other conferences? And I thought his insight was pretty darn good. It's our ESPN roundtable. It is presented by Paradise Falls. Please enjoy our conversation with Hero Sports reporter Sam Herter. Coulter, you and I have built our lives on communication. And one thing that people may not realize is Blackfoot. That is their bread and butter. And right now, they are spending a ton of time and money creating an incredible network of fiber optic cables across the state of Montana, a state that, thank you very much, could use some innovation and advancement in that way, right? You probably already know Blackfoot, a local partner for internet, voice, and professional services that fuel growing businesses like yours. But right now, Blackfoot is extending its fiber optic cable networks in Bozeman, St. Ignatius, and around the region. Yeah, like hundreds of miles of fiber optic cable. It's a stunning amount that they're putting in right now. Check out goblackfoot.com. You can click on the link if you're on Podbean or just copy the URL into your browser. Go see what they're up to. I think you'll be impressed when you find out all the things that Blackfoot does. Particularly in Bozeman. Bozeman, as you know, is booming right now. And Blackfoot, they got you all taken care of. How does fiber optics benefit your business? We're not quite sure, but Blackfoot sure does. Give them a call. 866-541-5000 or find them online at goblackfoot.com. Welcome to the ESPN Roundtable coming to you from Spokane, Washington. First time we've recorded one of these remotely, right, Ryan? I couldn't be more excited. (laughs) I'm thrilled to be somewhere else. (laughs) We, We found the right Davenport. We've been downtown Spokane. We went to the wrong Davenport. We were at... Uh, yeah, if you're visiting, there's multiple Davenport hotels, so don't just put Davenport Hotel into the into the search engine. you got to know which one you're going to. We went to the new one. We went to the old one. Then we found the grand one, and here we are. But we're at the Big Sky Conference Media Days. Coulter Nuanas here, joined by Sam Herter of Hero Sports. Sam's been on Tutel Nuanas once before, but now joining us on the ESPN Roundtable. Your first time at Big Sky Media Days, right? It is my first time here, yeah. It's been a blast to actually get to see these players um, and the coaches and talk to them in person and set up through the phone lines and, and same with you guys as well. So I've met a lot of great people here so far. Thanks for throwing us a bone there at the end, Sam. That was great of you. Um, Sam, for people who you know maybe aren't familiar with Hero Sports in general and certainly with yourself in terms of what you do, I mean, you guys have done a ton of work uh, on the FCS nationally uh, and obviously the Big Sky Conference is a major part of that. But tell people a little bit about, about Hero Sports and what you do. Yeah, so, I mean, Hero Sports is still a relatively young company. Um, I think it was founded uh, somewhere around 2014, and then they started, they pushed out their website, HeroSports.com, in 2015. Um, and Brian McLaughlin, who's our other uh, full-time FCS writer, uh, who's based out of Florida, um, 
he basically started the FCS from scratch um, in 2015, and just you know we we've slowly grown and grown and grown um, each year, and, and you know now you know we like to think we're hopefully one of the go-to spots um, for FCS coverage. Um, and then as far as you know my background, um, you know, I went to North Dakota State, um, so that's kind of where my FCS coverage started back in the 2011-2012 years. Um, you know. Made some stops in the in the newspaper world, the print world, um, and then got on with Hero Sports in 2016, just doing some freelance stuff here or there for the big side in the valley. And then um, last May, they offered me a full time job to come on board, and um, now it's a two man team uh, with with Hero Sports with their FCS coverage. And you know, we're, we're lo- really looking forward to hopefully continue to grow and grow. Well, it's it's so interesting because the FCS level uh, is so regionalized and even often less than that. I mean, often it's really just institution by institution uh, in terms of the coverage that's there. And so it's, it's, it's really difficult to get sort of a national picture of the national landscape. I mean, that's sort of endemic to college football or college sports in a way, right? I mean, even at the FCS or FBS level, you're several hundred or a couple hundred teams or whatever that are playing and so it's like well who's good who you know who isn't it's hard to know but at least it's out there and you can kind of access it how do you go about trying to kind of distill that information down and put it out there for people to be able to 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 consume it and know about it on a broader scale yeah i mean it's our goal to um, you know, really get as much attention out there and as much coverage, you know, as possible uh, with the FCS. I mean, Craig Haley with, that, with with stats, he's kind of he's kind of the OG um, uh, with the with the national um, coverage, and you know, we get along great with Craig, and um, you know, we kind of came along, um, and now there's two outlets, you know, out there that as far as print that that cover the FCS nationally, um, and I think you know there, there's definitely room for even more coverage um, out there. It, it's very hard for because I mean, there's hundreds of full time. FBS college football writers out there. Um, I think there's only three covering the FCS stuff. So, um, I mean, we try. I mean, this summer we're, we're previewing. Uh, we're doing in-depth preview, previews for every single FCS team. Um, but you know, come the season, um, we try to you know highlight each team. But obviously, as the season progresses, we we start focusing on the teams that are going to be in the playoffs and the teams that are going to be making deep runs. Um, so that's kind of how we coverage the cover the, the national level. Um, it, it's a challenge, but um, the nice thing is there's not a hundred other people, you know, trying to talk to Coach Best. You know, that, that's the nice thing is the access is really phenomenal. Worst team in the FCS in the country is? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't even know. Like, they're... It's a, it's, it's a tough competition to be see, the worst, right? Yeah. See, I mean, I'm not going to say a specific team, but, like, there's, there's some teams... Um, that are either um, you know the bottom teams in the Ivy League or bottom teams in the Pioneer or the HBCUs, where um, I mean Mississippi Valley State, they're not the they might not be the worst team this year, but I mean they came to the Fargo Dome you know a couple of years ago and they were you know not very good at all. But um, so I mean same thing in Missoula. As a matter of fact, sorry Jerry Rice. Yeah, I mean, there's there. It's it's such an interesting level because I mean, you have the HBCUs that do their own thing, you have the Ivy League that does their own thing, um, and then you have the rest of the FCS vying for the playoffs. And there's you know the top dogs. Um, you know the, the tier one is very not a lot of teams in tier one, tier two, a few more teams. Tier three is pretty packed, and then tier four and tier five are teams that you're just not going to see in the playoffs too often. You mentioned Ryan mentioned the uh, sort of stratification of college football and how 
it's not it's not unusual even on the FBS level, the Power Five level, that you know, there's kind of the Power Fives and then everybody else. There's kind of there, there's this perceived maybe East Coast bias. The Pac-12 is always looking to get some shine. In the FCS, though, it's even more interesting because there's so few teams out west. And I think people that follow the Big Sky Conference have a pretty adequate understanding of the Big Sky itself and an adequate understanding of the Missouri Valley because I think those are peer conferences and there's a lot of crossover and there's always a lot of non-conference games between you know the Montana schools, for example, and the Dakota schools. But then when you look around the rest of the country, it seems to me, and, and obviously the Colonial Athletic Association, big big time uh, recognition with Big Sky teams. There's been so much crossover in the playoffs, but you know I think that there's a real lack of knowledge out west of the American East or the Patriot League or the Ohio Valley or even the Southern Conference, and vice versa. I don't really know if people back east know much about the Big Sky, and you know to a certain extent outside of maybe North Dakota State and South Dakota State, the Missouri Valley. How would you compare and contrast the conferences out west to some of maybe the other schools? Because you kind of have an in-depth view on uh, what some of these other maybe mid-major FCS conferences are like. Yeah, I mean, the the Big Sky plays as good a football as anybody, you know, in the FCS. That's not a you know a shocking statement or a hot take or anything like that. I mean, the level of football out here is is really good, and I think there was those few years um, where the Big Sky, you know, probably dipped down a little bit. They weren't making the runs, you know, late in the playoffs. But I think last year with having, I mean, obviously Eastern Washington was in the national title game. Um, well, I think there was three teams in the quarterfinals, UC Davis, Weber, um, and Eastern Washington. So I think just that alone will get more people awareness on the Big Sky. Um, the FCS is so interesting because it's so hard to, I mean, if you're a James Madison fan and you want to watch Easter Washington games, it's not really that easy. I mean, the access to it, I know, you know, Pluto TV, um, you know, they broadcast a handful of games, but it's very hard to watch every single Eastern Washington game if you want to. Um, I, I think... You know, if I had if I had it my way, every conference would have the ESPN Plus deal, where you can just go in and watch at any time. Um, so, I mean, if someone wants to watch any South Dakota State game, they can do that on ESPN Plus. But with the Big Sky, um, you know, it's hard to, you know, if you want to see what UC Davis is doing, it's hard to, you know, find where can I watch this game. So, I think that that's one thing where. Um, you know, maybe that has to do with the lack of awareness. Um, I also think, you know, obviously the FCS is very East Coast heavy. Um, a lot of the teams are out there. So by the time, you know, Montana and Portland State are, are wrapping up, it's way, it's way past everyone's bedtime on the East Coast. That might have something to do with it, too. Uh, it, at the FBS level, you can talk about styles of football by conference. So the Big Ten's always got big mashers and runners, the Big 12 Either they play terrible defense or they have the best offenses in the history of mankind. It's hard to de- decipher which is which. SEC, all the athletic talent, all that kind of thing. Is Does that exist at the FCS level? Can you do it commerce by commerce and look at different styles that way? Or is it more? Is it, is it a better way to think about it in terms of just the stratification of the, the, the programs that are really good, the mid-level programs, and then the rest? Yeah, I mean, I think each conference is, is unique a little bit. Um, I mean, in the SoCon, not every team runs a triple option, but there are a handful of teams that run the triple option. Um, the Southland is seems to be more um, offensive heavy rather than having strong defenses. Um, I think with the Big Sky, a lot of people just, just think of the high-flying offenses and no defense, but I think that's you know kind of 
you know, going on the wayside. I think teams are, you know, focusing more on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, it's interesting to, to kind of see how there's so many different styles across the FCS. And even in, I mean, even in the Valley, a lot of people, you know, think the Valley is black and blue. But, you know, there's South Dakota State is, you know, pretty spread out. South Dakota is a spread offense. Um, and it's interesting, actually, that UND is transitioning from the Big Sky to the Valley. In the big sky, they ran your, you know, your typical, you know, eye formation, couple tight ends. Now they're switching to a more wide, wide open attack to get into the valley, um, which people would kind of think would be vice versa. But um, yeah, I don't think a, a conference really has a, a specific, you know, kind of offense, you know, that they run. I think it's pretty, pretty spread out. Not a lot of teams want to line up and go toe to toe with NDSU, <laughs> probably. So yeah, maybe spread it out a little bit. It's so much about just the kind of guys you can recruit too, right? Because you mentioned the Southland, and yeah. and you know when you're looking at Texas, there's seven on seven leagues all over the place but also there's you know 11 fbs programs so you get these it's all about what player can you get that's above your level and how many of those guys can you get right and i think you've seen that out west here in the big sky you can get you know if you get a guy who's a top 10 or 15 quarterback in the west he might not be quite good enough to go to the pac 12s he might not be getting recruited on a national level but then all of a sudden he can come to the big sky being All-American, right? And I think that's an interesting deal. I want to ask you about North Dakota State first and foremost, but then the rest of the Missouri Valley because I think that there's a definitive factor there too. When Montana first had their rise in the late 90s up to, to the early 2000s, they obviously cultivated and developed a ton of in-state kids that became great players. But I always thought that the secondary key was their dominance in eastern Washington. They were out recruiting not only eastern Washington, but a lot of times they were getting guys that could have gone to Wazoo. You know, they were getting those borderline Pac-12 guys. It seems to me that the fact that there's only one FBS in both Minnesota and Wisconsin, combined with the fact that University of Minnesota wasn't that good for a little while, uh, that has, and then the fact that North Dakota State was winning at such a high level, kind of helped them fill this pipeline, right? They have this pipeline from Minnesota, especially the Twin Cities, that have helped them get so much talent. So I guess, first of all, start with the fact that the Missouri Valley is you know, 10, 12 years old, right? It was a pretty new conference. People don't, people forget when North Dakota State won in Missoula 2004, they were a D2 school then, right? This is only 15 years worth of D1. So in your mind, what have been the key factors to North Dakota State building the powerhouse that they've built? And what have been the key factors of just the evolution of the Missouri Valley with North Dakota State setting the pace, uh, which has made them into one of, if not the premier conferences in the FCS? Yeah, I, I think it was called the Great West Conference before, or the Gateway. Gateway or, Conference, okay. right. And then yeah. the Great West, then when the Gateway split, then the Great West became the four-team league that didn't have an automatic bid, and then the Big Sky absorbed that four-team league, which was UC Davis, Cal Poly, Southern Utah, North Dakota. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but I mean, with I mean, it was interesting when, when NDSU first came into what is now the Valley, Northern Iowa what was the top dog, and mm -hmm. the first time those two teams played, you know, NDSU got knocked around, and, and Craig Bull at the time, he looked at, you know, the offensive lineman that Northern Iowa had and said, okay, we don't have those type of players on our team. Those are the type of offensive linemen we need. Um, and so he's gone into, um, and the thing is, too, a lot of people thought when NDSU went D1, they, they would stop recruiting North Dakota because people didn't think there was a lot of D1 athletes in North Dakota, but they found a lot of really good offensive linemen in North Dakota. Um, Minnesota and Wisconsin are really big recruiting hotbeds. They dip down into Nebraska. Um, and I think it all starts with recruiting. Um, and really um, I think it was Tim Brewster was the Minnesota head coach at the time he he really wanted to bring in you know guys from Texas and California to, to the University of Minnesota and that left a lot of Minneapolis kids you know without an FBS place to go so there were names like 
Um, you know, Billy Turner, who's in the NFL now, and Grant Olson, who's now the linebackers coach, Marcus Williams, who was in the NFL, those guys should have been in the Gopher uniforms and up come to NDSU. Those guys win three championships in a row. All of a sudden, NDSU's recruiting pitches, hey, do you want to be an FBS half-scholarship guy and maybe compete for a bowl game, or do you want to come here full scholarship, compete for national championships, and beat <laughs> these FBS teams? So I think it was just one of those things where it was just slowly build up, and now, you know, NDSU is, I mean, the level of recruiting they're doing now is probably higher than it was, you know, just a few years ago because they're going after those next level athletes. So, I mean, it all goes back to, to recruiting uh, with NESU, but I mean, they have the facilities, the, the backing, you know, the financial support that not a lot of FCS schools have. And I think that's why they've built into the power they've had in, in a short amount of time they've been in the FCS. Sam Herter from Hero Sports joining us. He covers the FCS for Hero Sports. Sam, let's dive in a little bit to the big sky itself because that's the conference that we're obviously at these days right now and also uh, uh, that we cover uh, primarily with Montana and Montana State. When you look at the Big Sky this year, what do you see? I see a, a, a conference that's really going to make a, an impact, you know, nationally. Um, I think last year was just the first step of getting three teams in the quarterfinals. I mean, I see a lot of teams here that um, are legitimate threats to make it to Frisco. Um, I mean, Eastern Washington, obviously, UC Davis is going to be really, really good. Uh, Montana State has the returning talent and the schedule to potentially get a playoff seed. Um, Weber State is always right there. Montana's building something special. I mean, there, there's even a, a couple more teams Idaho State is building. So I just see a lot of teams that um, are definitely playoff worthy. But I think last year was interesting because I'm in the Minneapolis area and, and I'm kind of closer to Valley fans and a lot of Valley fans thought it was ridiculous that there were three seeds from the Big Sky because Valley fans think Valley is the best conference out there. Um, but I think the Big Sky proved, you know, with how they did in the playoffs last year, um, that this is a, a team that, or this is a conference that, you know, is toward the top of the FCS. And I think it's going to be even better this year, even more competitive this year. And it's just going to be, it's going to be a wild race to see who gets the three, four, five playoff bids, however many it's going to be, probably four, possibly five, but it's going to be a packed race and really exciting. This may be a little bit tenuous to ground to tread on, but I, I want to know your opinion on this because uh, the Missouri Valley has gotten five teams in the playoffs a couple times mm -hmm. since the playoff ex playoffs expanded. The, the Big Sky has gotten four teams, I think, three times since the playoffs expanded, including last year getting three seeds like you were talking about. Um, I want to know what it would be like if teams from the non, let's call the power three mm -hmm. in the FCS, the Colonial, the Big Sky, the Missouri Valley. I want to know what teams from the Patriot League or the Ohio Valley, like the first or second best team from one of these other conferences, what would they do against the Missouri Valley schedule? What would they do against the Big Sky schedule? Because I'm always thinking you might be a Sac State who's been in the Big Sky since 1996. Never made the playoffs. Had winning records several times. We got athletes. You got tons of athletes. I just want to know what a team like the top team in the Patriot League. What would they do against the Sac State? What would they do against the Idaho? I always just think. I think that this, the Missouri Valley and the Big Sky and the Colonial have so much better teams. I think that pretty much everybody would be dominant in these other conferences. And I don't know if these teams could compete. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't say that with certainty. So what, what are your thoughts just on the the overall landscape of this thing? Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. You know, last year out of the Patriot League was Colgate, um, and Colgate wasn't really your, your typical Patriot League team. You know, they, they knocked off, or uh, Colgate got a seed, and they, and they also beat uh, James Madison uh, before falling to NSU in the quarterfinals. Um, but you see a lot of teams that, 
I mean, I think a couple, two or three years ago, Lehigh was 10 and one going into the playoffs. Um, you know, dominated their league. I think they're in the Patriot League, and they end up losing, you know, right away in the first round to a, a fifth place team from the Valley. You know, mm-hmm. like 44 to mm-hmm. seven. So, um, that's an interesting question. Um, I always ask myself how well you know a team like Nichols or how well a team like Jacksonville State, because um, they're probably a second-tier conference, the, right. the Southland and the LVC, how they would do if, if they played a full Valley slate or CA slate. Um, it's interesting, but I think a lot of fans, I, I know this because I see it in my, mention, in my Twitter mentions, but a lot of fans down south think there's a lot of you know, big sky, Valley CA bias, but it, the proof is in the playoffs where you're consistently seeing teams from those conferences in the semifinals in the championship game so um, I mean I would love to see a team like Jacksonville State play a full slate just to see how good they are because we see a bunch of teams that go I mean McNeese went 9-2 and two a couple years ago didn't you make the playoffs because they didn't beat anyone good um, so that's just another another interesting part of the FCS of how spread out you know it is uh, just teams and, and how good the teams are and how that's spread out We've had some Missouri Valley and Big Sky crossovers, but we get to see Jacksonville State versus Eastern Washington this year, so that'll be a good gauge. That's one of the premier FCS games. I want to ask you about this FBS slate, though, because I've covered the league for about 14 years now, and FBS games are reality of the situation in the Big Sky. You're going to often play Pac-12s because it's regional stuff, and you know Washington and Oregon and Oregon State and you know all down the line, they've all played FCS opponents before, but there's a whole different... Uh, this year's non-conference schedule, there's a whole bunch of different opponents, and some would say even more difficult opponents when you talk about Idaho playing at Penn State and Portland State playing at Arkansas. And, and then obviously the Pac-12 spliced in with Washington being as good as they've ever been, and Oregon is supposed to be really good. You know, Montana plays there. So you know, what do you think of just these FBS matchups? And, and when you do see an FCS school upset an FBS team, what, what sort of shockwaves do you think that sends throughout the country? I think it sends, you know, a small amount of shockwaves. Usually you don't see, I mean, like last year, Nichols beat Kansas. I don't know if that that really shocked anyone. Um, but very rarely do you get a, um, you know, an Eastern Washington knocking off a, a Washington State. I think Washington State was, might have been number 25. Mm-hmm. That was a handful of years ago. I think that was the same year we're in. Um, NDSU beats Iowa, um, but you don't get a whole lot of those massive upsets. Um, and it's interesting with the FCS versus FBS because, I mean, in reality, the reason those games are scheduled is to get an extra half a million, quarter of a, you know, three quarters of a million into your budget to help your your travel costs and stuff like that. So it's interesting. It's really interesting when teams schedule two FBS opponents. Um, I understand why they do it at the same time, especially if you're a playoff fringe team that obviously is going to hurt your chances uh, to get into the playoffs. So, um, but yeah, this year's slate is, is a lot tougher um, with the Big Sky. They're facing a lot of not just your typical okay FBS teams, but a lot of a lot of Power Five teams. I've heard Penn State's going to be a little down, so <laughs> you know you never you don't want to write it off too quick. Uh, Sam Herter, our guest on the ESPN Roundtable from Hero Sports, Sam. Specifically, Montana and Montana State. Um, they are two of the flagship schools, two of the charter members of the Big Sky Conference. And when it comes to football, um, you know, obviously some teams, Eastern Washington has been very successful, you know, recently. Weber State has been outstanding. But if you talk about uh, a program, resources, following, fandom, and, and uh, people's interest, I think you're hard-pressed to find two schools really nationally, but certainly in the Big Sky Conference, that have more of that than do uh, the the Cats and the Grizz. When you, from your perch, 
covering this on a you know the ten thousand foot view look down, what do you see in Montana and Montana State, uh, both you know their their role at the FCS level in general and and more specifically in the Big Sky? Yeah, I think it's really important for the Big Sky and the FCS to have those two programs routinely in the playoffs. Um, I talked about er, you know earlier about how there's a couple down years in the Big Sky, and you know maybe one of those things was when you have teams. You know, no offense to these programs, but when Weber State or Southern Utah is winning the Big Sky title and Montana, Montana State aren't, there might be a team or there might be some fans on the East Coast that that see that and say, oh, I don't really know a whole lot about Weber State. The conference must not be that good. But you know, when you have teams like Eastern Washington um, in Montana, Montana State at the top of the conference, I think that just raises everyone's level of awareness of the conference just because those are the you know the quote-unquote blue blood so I mean even last year in the preseason uh, Brian McLaughlin and I were, were saying that both Montana Montana State you know these are programs that we're just they're just monsters you know we're waiting to happen we expect them to get back to where they want to be uh, Montana State obviously took that step last year I think they'll take another step this year Montana's awfully talented they were really young last year obviously I mean everyone knows about the offensive line issues but if they figure that out just talent all across the board so I think just as far as from my perspective um, when you have teams like Montana Montana State Eastern Washington in the playoffs that just makes the field seem a little stronger because those they are the 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 kind of the blue blood of the FCS and like last year when Elon was in the playoffs instead of New Hampshire out of the CAA that's just not a lot of people nationally know about Elon but everyone knows New Hampshire kind of the their 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 resume you know what I mean so yeah I think Montana Montana State for them to get back to where they want to be you know that that's going to just going to benefit the big sky in the FCS joined on the ESPN roundtable this week by Sam Herter from Hero Sports. I want to ask you specifically about Montana State, Sam, because you made an interesting comment talking about when Craig Bull was still at North Dakota State and they played Northern Iowa and Mark Farley, his penchant for physical football and how that kind of set the blueprint for what North Dakota State wanted to become and has since become. You look at Jeff Choate at Montana State. He's talked extensively about his tenants, what he wants the identity of his program to be, and they've done that by and large pretty well in the Big Sky. And I think it's actually shaken up the Big Sky a little bit, having Montana State go from this team that was scoring 45 points a game under Rob Ash to a team that's prioritized running the ball a lot more and playing a lot more defense, kind of a reversion to what they were in the 90s and the 2000s. And uh, one thing that Jeff Choate has talked about was how North Dakota State watching them from abroad, that's the goal, that's what you want to be. And then I know he was... Um, Disappointed, to say the least, at the result in the uh, second round of the playoffs in Fargo. I think he thought that Montana State was going to be able to compete a lot better than they did. And they gave up about 500 yards rushing in a 52-10 to 10 loss. The one exception being Troy Anderson still doing his thing, rushing for 130 yards no matter who he plays. But uh, I think that it was an eye-opening experience for Montana State. I think they realized how close they are and also how far they are away. But what do you think of just the blueprint that Jeff Choate has made at Montana State? And do do you see any similarities between that and what Craig Bull did at North Dakota State? I do because, I mean, you you need to... I mean, we've seen it in these last, you know, eight or so years where if if your team stats are you're scoring 45 points a game but you're allowing 38 points a game, at some point in the playoffs, you know, that's that's just going to come back to haunt you. I mean, we saw with Eastern Washington how many semifinal losses have the Eagles had where they just couldn't stop anyone. They would score, then, you know, 
Youngstown State, Illinois State, you know, those kind of games come to mind where this can stop anyone. And um, I mean, even even Eastern Washington is, is a program that that's, you know, they're putting more emphasis on the defensive side of the ball, more emphasis on running the football under Coach Best. But I think, you know, Coach Choda's done it the right way. Um, he probably knew it was going to take, it was going to be a process and it has been a process. We've seen the improvements year in and year out. But, you know, that, that's such a challenging thing is to take a system and basically throw the whole offensive system and say, hey, you know, we need fullbacks. We need, we are not, we need some tight ends on this team instead of, you know, six different, six different wide receivers. So um, I think, you know, that is one thing. If you do want to compete at the national level, make a deep playoff run, you can't finesse your way around the bracket. You need to be able to, um, I mean, especially in the big sky, if you're going to host some outdoor games and it's snowing and cold out, I mean, you're going to have to be able to run the football. So I definitely think Montana State has the blueprint to continue building on, to, to continue to make a deeper push into the playoffs. Sam, talk to us about uh, specifically what you got going on on Hero Sports right now and these the profiles, profiling every single FCS team in the nation. That's a major undertaking, uh, to be sure. And, uh, and what can people find there? Yeah, um, so on Herosports.com, we have, you know, content coming out basically every day. Um, we're, we're doing, we call them three-a-days, where we're previewing pretty in-depth, probably a 1,000-word previews on every, all 126 FCS teams, um, which is a lot of research, a lot of work, obviously. Um, but we get great help from the SIDs who send us um, information. So we have that going on. And I'm also doing a, I call it the FCS kickoff jersey countdown, where, you know, there's, I think today actually there's 40 days until the FCS kickoff. Who's the best player to wear number 40? All the way from 99 to 1. So I'm doing that um, every day. So that's another thing that, that's another project we're doing this summer. So um, I, I think a, the nice thing too about us, you know, coming on board, covering the FCS is, um, you know, we're, we have stuff out there for, for fans to talk about and debate. Um, I think sometimes in the past with the FCS, it's just, okay, it's football season, time to talk football. Now, um, you know, we're trying to offer some content year-round. Um, that's just, again, just trying to raise the level of awareness in the coverage of the FCS. We'll get you out of here on this. We've got to bring it back full circle since this will be on the radio first and foremost in Missoula, Montana. You mentioned the Grizzlies, how much talent they have. They were a young team a year ago, had a tough time finishing games. But I want to know just your perspective on the Montana program in general because before North Dakota State, it was Montana. I know Montana lost three national championship games in the 2000s, but they were absolutely dominant on both the Big Sky and national level despite those shortfalls in the national title games. And I always wonder what would have happened if there wouldn't have been the scandal at Montana, if Bobby Houck wouldn't have left, you know, if we could have had sort of a two-power Western FCS between Montana and North Dakota State because Mont- Montana was so much like what North Dakota State is now. The formula for success was so uh, similar. But you know, when, when you have just this specific, close, magnified view like we do, you know all the incremental details that have gone into the erosion of the program and now the subsequent attempt to rise it back. But on a national level, do people find it as shocking that Montana has missed the playoffs three years in a row? And, and what do you, I mean, you mentioned how important you think it is for the league, but wh- where do you just think of the Grizzlies fitting into the national picture right now this season? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think the Grizz are, are underrated uh, a little bit coming into the season. And I mentioned this on, you know, on our podcast um, about how we, I think, Montana State is right around you know the 10 to 15 preseason ranked and Montana isn't hasn't been in a lot of preseason polls but I mentioned on our podcast of how things would be different if that game you know 
if that fumble didn't happen and all that, and all of a sudden maybe the, the roles are flipped on how close Montana was to, because I think if the Grizz win that game, they're probably in the playoffs just looking at, at the playoff bubble. Um, so I think it's, it's probably an underrated program uh, coming into this season. Um, it just seems, you know, everything is there for Montana to get back to where they want to be. I mean, there's no reason the Grizz shouldn't, what, three years in a row now? Uh, they haven't they haven't been in the playoffs and, and there's I mean everything is there for that for that to be a top program once again in the FCS and I think um, last year was probably more of a rebuilding project than maybe some people thought just because again you know Coach Hauk inherited a spread offense he wants to you know, he wants to be a physical offense as well but I think the more he gets the right kind of players to fit his system um, you know I think this is a program that's can be you know right back to, to where it is you know sooner than later because like I said you know everything is there um, you know facilities support fan base talent coaching you know there's no reason this team shouldn't be you know rising rising rapidly here pretty soon Sam thank you very much all right thanks for having me on guys there you go Sweet. Sam Herder he is the uh, stats or excuse me the FCS uh, reporter nationally for Hero Sports. Great to uh, be with him. I think a great uh, interview and uh, a very insightful, I thought, largely to kind of get a, a picture of, you know, the way that the the big sky fits into sort of the national uh, scheme at the FCS level. And obviously it's, uh, it's significant. It's one of the, certainly the three and maybe the two best conferences in the country and and thereby the flagship schools as you alluded to earlier Coulter are uh, always going to be among uh, the best schools in the nation when it comes to football and it goes back to our discussion from yesterday about what is relevance in college football and we were talking about you know where the Mountain West fits into the FBS outside of the Power Five but I think that there is a distinct advantage and at a distinct definitive point of when you have state universities no matter what level they're playing at it just comes with a little bit more pizzazz it comes with a little bit more clout than a lot of others even with the colonial athletic association being as good as it's been schools like villanova draw four thousand fans even though they've had a perennially good football program right new hampshire they draw pretty well delaware they draw pretty well but you know, Richmond and William and Mary and, you know, even Maine. It's nothing like it is out west. It's not like it is at North Coast State, South Coast State, Montana, Montana State. So I think that those schools being good helps drive the FCS brand as a whole, especially west of the Mississippi. And the thing that's been so interesting is that it's easy to forget that North Coast State and South Coast State have only been Division One for 15 years, about. And... They've only been nationally relevant this decade. But the acceleration that they've been able to project as programs has been absolutely astounding. And so much of it comes down to facilities. So much of it comes down to just hunger and the fact that they, they are in rural places where you can garner, you, you can be the biggest show in town, so to speak. But we haven't really, you know, Montana State lost to North Dakota State in the 2010 FCS playoffs. And that was the first Division One playoff win for NDSU. Well, they got something like 60 mm. <laughs> just this decade since then. But we haven't really had a time where North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Montana, Montana State have all been elite simultaneously. If that could happen, I think it would just be so tremendous for the FCS brand. And this year, it seems as if we're getting closer to that at least. Getting closer. And it would be 
it would be fun with a capital F uh, if that if that was to happen. And uh, and hopefully the day's coming when it is. And, and, and you know, very optimistically, it could be this year, but hopefully it will be at least in the in the next couple when that turns out to be the case. Hey, this has been our ESPN Roundtable, and it is brought to us by Paradise Falls. Paradise Falls at 3621 Brooks Street in Missoula on the south end of the city near the intersection of uh, Brooks and Reserve. A good option on the south side of town. There's not many options over there. And uh, 18 rotating beer tap handles and Coulter, a whole bunch of different places to eat atmospheres in one building and even out of the building on the patio. Yeah, no doubt. 30 big screen TVs, ESPN capabilities, ESPN 3 capabilities. They can play whatever game you need to watch if you're looking for your team on tv paradise falls got you covered got a new brand new casino and uh the, the i guess it would be north side dining room all brand new redone looks great you mentioned the deck you can go sit out and enjoy a cocktail one of the best late happy hours in town as well nine to eleven monday through thursday half price cocktails three dollar draft beers half price appetizers and a whole bunch of other stuff going on one of the great places in town because you can get breakfast lunch dinner 7 a.m to midnight 3621 brook street Paradise Falls, go check them out. Paradise Falls, Missoula's coolest hotspot. We'll take a quick break when we'll come back. The Open Championship is in the books for the first round. David Duvall was two under through four. Did not go so well after that. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right, they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. Amidst the excitement of the uh, ESPN roundtable, we failed to mention that Robert Bunting did make it down here, Coulter. And we do have our first winner. He was very excited, as you might expect, to have won the tickets to uh, go to the University of Montana Grizzly Oregon Duck football game on September 14th, also under the lights uh, in Eugene. So we have our first winner. Congratulations to Robert uh, on the win. And uh, it is our first of many, though. We got eight more of these, Colt. This is great, man. We're giving away a ton of tickets to this football game, which is fantastic. Our thanks to Widmer Brothers uh, for that, and congratulations to Robert. And uh, we will be at Ruckers next Thursday, so come join us there, and you can uh, win tickets to, uh, to, to that one. We are live on location at Katie O'Keefe's this evening still got a 15 minutes or so a show left come on down say hi enjoy yourself uh, have a widmer hefeweizen and uh, and have some fun on a thursday evening they got a patio here too it's a nice oh, day yeah. go sit outside uh we are broadcasting through the kurtz polaris studios kurtz polaris at 2904 west broadway in missoula highway 83 in Seeley, and they are celebrating their 30th anniversary that's right kurtz polaris in business 30 years and they're doing it by offering msrp 
up to 30% off of MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna and Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply, so see Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month for Kurtz 30-year anniversary sale. If you want to call, you can do it, 329-1899. The phone number, all guests join us via the Rangich Brothers RV phone line, and the stream is available at 1029ESPN.com. Thanks to Opportunity Bank. Your local bank, your opportunity. Coulter, the uh, first round of the Open Championship uh, is in the books, and it was uh, uh, all in all a nice day. There was a couple more moments. It, it was amazing actually watching it today as I was able to, to check in throughout the morning of a very nice day uh, in Northern Ireland on the north shore of Northern Ireland, all things considered. But you still have these moments of just torrential I mean, torrential downpour. They showed, uh, it, let's see, it was, it was. Uh, I forget the third party, but forgive me for that. Uh, Patrick Reed and Tiger Woods, and they're playing with, with some non-consequential third person because neither of them <laughs> are Reed or Woods. And, you know, these guys are pounding it out there with their drivers, you know, between 310, 280 to 310. Tiger's short today, and we'll talk about this because of his back and everything like that. All of a sudden, they tee up. It's, I think it's a par five. And the rain just hammering down. They all teed up. Coulter, 230. They're out two, the rain is so hard, like the ball physically traveling through the water killed, I don't know, almost 100 yards of drive out there. So you had these moments of this. But it was, uh, it, was, it was a fun day, and I thought, by and large, I thought the scoring would actually be a little bit better than that, uh, given that what the weather was. Uh, but as it turned out, uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't, the scoring was okay, but it just wasn't outstanding uh, overall. But... I mentioned David Duvall, Coulter, and this is uh, a major – I mean, it's just – you don't know what to say because this is a guy who's a former world number one, won 13 tournaments, won several majors. Comes out today is two under through four. Birdies one and two, pars three and four. Goes quad, bogey, and then whatever nine over par is, that's what he did on a par five. Made a 14 today, shot a 91, Coulter. Today, 91. You, you, how bad was David Duvall's day today? He's in last place. He's eight behind second to last oh, place. Man. He's 20 over with a 91 today, so uh, not a good day at the office for David Duvall, Duvall, to say the least. Some of the people, by the way, J.B. Holmes, leader in the clubhouse, five under. He's a one-stroke lead over uh, Shane Lowry. Lowry, uh, an Irishman, by the way, from, uh, well, Ireland. That's how you become an Irishman. Uh, he is a four under alone in second place, and there's a whole group in th- uh, at three under uh, tied for third, including Sergio Garcia and, yes, my pick to win the whole doggone thing in Brooks Kapka. Brooks was at four under and then bogeyed 17. I don't know. I am not familiar with this guy bogeying holes, but he did it on 14. Some other uh, names of note. So Tiger Woods battling his back all day long, six over, a bad, bad day for – excuse me, seven over for Tiger Woods today. Phil Mickelson, five over. And everybody had their eye on Rory McIlroy. Opens with a quadruple bogey, closes Ouch. with a triple bogey. How do you like that for bookends? Four over on one, three over on 18. He shot eight over on the day and is, uh, well, I mean, he's, he's essentially out of contention. I mean, not, I mean, just merely by, in virtue of even trying to make the cut, which is really sad. It's interesting on number one, Colton. Number one's not a very hard hold, all things considered. But there's OB left and right. Like, you have to hit it into the fairway. It's straightforward, but you got to hit it. And 
you step up there. It's a major championship. You're in your home country. Everybody's pulling for you. You are the 9-1 to favorite in Vegas to win the thing. And <clears throat> OB, first swing, reload. Then into the rough. Then into the rough again. And it's just, it just was just uh, the worst of all possible worlds for Rory McIlroy uh, today in that uh, in that very first hole. And then he obviously closed poorly as well. Uh, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, Jordan Spieth all tied at one under par as well. Back to the David Duvall portion of this. The time he got a 14, he played the wrong ball. I've never heard of that before. He actually was credited for a 13 on that hole, and then it was reviewed after his round and counted as a two-stroke penalty for playing an incorrect ball. He also had uh, a lost ball penalty on that same hole. So, I mean, a 14 for a pro is just... A 14 for anybody. Well, right, right. I mean, the fact of the I've matter... I've made is, a 10 before, and you've had to take me to counseling. <laughs> I mean, the you fact know? of the matter is that most of us, when we get a 10, we, we throw the ball... It's gone. We're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the lake. We're done. Uh, but it's interesting, you know, one point about Tiger, because I know we got to get out. Anybody that's ever had back problems, you'd realize that sometimes your back's good and sometimes your back's yeah. not. Yeah, And when you have back surgery, you have that fused back. Not good. It's not good at no. all. And this is going to be Tiger's life. It's going to be his professional career for the, for the rest of it. You, is Some days he'll be loose and he'll be able to go shoot 65 at Augusta, and some days – not so much, and he's going to be shooting 79, 80 like he did today. You could see it in the swing. You could see it in his walk. You could see it in everything, and it wasn't there. And, and it will not surprise me, Coulter, if he just says, if he closes up shop and doesn't even play tomorrow. Just or says he's or hurt. Pulls it. I mean, he is hurt. He is hurt. You know, and, and this is not me being a Tiger Woods hater. I just think, you know, he's hurt. And, and so uh, I just think that, you know, it's probably, you know, it's obviously not going to happen for him here, and it wouldn't surprise me if he says, well, that's it, that's all. Hey, it's two tell Nuwana. Speaking of golf, you want to go play some golf, you'll feel much better about yourself if you do, I promise. Canyon River, that's where you go. The Canyon River Golf Course out there in East Missoula. They got a ton of stuff going on. First of all, all greens, fully in service, fully playable on all 18. Good news. They now have the Finn Cycle. I rode this thing around, Coulter. You want to add a dimension to your game? Take a golf cart that's actually a motorcycle around the golf course. That is a good time. How long am I going to last before I wreck it? Well, the first tee. I mean, you will go down. But but other I'm people, a thousand other people will make it. Wreck it. Yeah, you. That's not good for you, but it's good for everybody else. It's super fun and fast. Like you talk about pace of play, these things move, and so uh, it's a it's really fun, but also really quick. The fin cycle is available now to uh, rent as your golf cart out there at uh, Canyon River. And, hey, if you want a regular golf cart, they're outfitted with the Shark Experience. The Shark Experience is an interactive tool. It shows you all the distances, both to the pin, to the green, all to uh, to all the hazards, you know, out of bounds, all that kind of stuff. And also you can interact with it in terms of setting up your next shot, know how far it is just by uh, touchscreen uh, uh, technology. Uh, 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 they have... Uh, surround sound speakers connected to Bluetooth so you can play from your phone, satellite, uh, music, sports talk, all of it. It's a blast to play out there and a beautiful course. And if you want to play cheap, go on to CanyonRiverGolfClub.com. You can put your uh, uh, tee times in online. Save yourself a bundle that way as well. Canyon River Golf Club, Missoula's premier golfing experience. We'll wrap it up right after this. Coulter, you and I both know being healthy is a very, very important part of life. Am I right about that? Indeed, guess it is. Well, one of the things that makes me healthy, think you as well, fiber. Gotta have it. 
You sure do, man. You need to eat your fruits and your veggies, your bananas. You got to get all that stuff in. Maybe even some bran. Plums. All of it. Fiber is very important. Well, guess what? Turns out it's important to communication as well. You might be surprised to learn that Blackfoot and its partners have invested millions of dollars, truly, in building a fiber optic network throughout Montana, through Bozeman and around Gallatin County. More than 30 miles of fiber optic cable have been laid by Blackfoot. That's amazing. Impressive, innovative, and a perfect place with the way Bozeman's been growing. Click on the link below, goblackfoot.com slash ESPN. They're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want you to do anything. They just want you to know what they're up to and how they're improving communication across the state of Montana. So go to goblackfoot.com backslash ESPN now. Two-Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television Statewide on YouTube Television as well. If you missed anything in the show, check it out on the podcast. The podcast is available on the TuneIn Radio app and on iTunes and on Spotify and really wherever you get your podcasts, you can get the Two-Tell and Nuanas podcast. Look up spellings, boys and girls. It's important. There is no S in Nuanas. Um... The podcast, by the way, available thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. All guests join the show on the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. Broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studio on ESPN Radio in Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. Here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. That's all true, too. Thank you, Color. Speaking of Kurtz Polaris, it is their 30-year anniversary this month. 30 years they've been in business, and they're celebrating by offering you up to 30% off. That's right, 30% off MSRP on select parts and accessories with the purchase of any new Polaris off-road vehicle, Husqvarna and Beta dirt bike, or any Crest pontoon boat. Some restrictions apply. See Kurtz for details. Get to Kurtz Polaris in Missoula and Sealy all month for Kurtz 30-year anniversary sale. Uh, Coulter, we uh, are here at Katie O'Keefe's as we wrap up here on a Thursday afternoon. It's been wonderful to be down here. Great spot at Katie O'Keefe's. Congratulations again to Robert. He won tickets to the Grizzly Oregon football game. We'll give another pair away in seven days from Fuddruckers, which is where we'll be next week. So looking forward to be there. Go uh, stuff the ballot box with your name and your friend's name. We'll pick another winner uh, over there in a week's time. But fun to do this doing it all summer, Coulter. Get out, see the community a little bit. That's right. Good promotion for us. Good promotion for everybody else. Widmer Brothers Brewing, I thank them for being a part of this thing and uh, helping us put this thing on. And it was fun being down here at KDOQ, so I'm excited for the next eight Thursdays as we continue to roll these things out, leading up all the way to that Montana game at Oregon, September 14th, Autzen Stadium in Eugene. Well, uh, shout out to... Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.